The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. And with yet another dominant win tonight from VCU, it is beginning to look a lot like 2019. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group, and also out here in podcast land for you. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you hear and you want to be and you want to help us out, shoot us some dinero. There is a link to PayPal in the description here on Podbean and in other and in other uh, podcast platforms to do that. And you can do that, and we'll shout you out just like our good friend Corey Parrott who gave us a wonderful donation. God bless you, Corey, and thank you for doing that and supporting us because we do enjoy doing this podcast for everybody, and we like it that you like it, and we appreciate that you support us. And my goodness, 2018-2019, VCU went 16-2 in the A-10, got a very deserved at-large in spite of the fact that they got upset in round one of the tournament that year. The less said about that, the better. This is what it's looking like. And I've said that before, but I mean, really, George Mason has been an absolute bugaboo for us at the Seagull Center. Not in, not in Eagle Bank Arena in Fairfax. VCU's gone up there, usually taking four figures worth of fans up there and slap Mason around from one end of the floor to the other. Not this time. No, no. But down here in the Mike Rhodes era, Three times George Mason's coming to the Stuart, Stuart C. Siegel Center and won. One of those basically tanking VCU season in the toilet. Not so much tonight. Thoroughly dominant win. And you know what, Daniel Carter? Let's start there. Daniel Carter brings up the turnovers, which were high tonight. VCU had 17 of them. Not great. But when you look a little deeper, you realize that VCU actually did pretty well on turnovers in this regard. Two of your best players, Brandon Johns Jr. and Ace Baldwin, had nine of them. If you throw in Nick Kern, who started and had a couple of silly turnovers early in the game, if you throw Nick Kern in, that's 12 of the 17. So everybody else, Watkins, Jackson, Fermin, Nunn, Shriver, Deloach, five turnovers and that's it. So, yeah, the turnovers weren't great. And you don't want to see your point guard, who ends up almost with a triple-double, believe it or not, in 34 minutes, but not a great line at all. You don't want to see your point guard go 3-for-13 from the field and have four turnovers, even if he does have seven assists. But really, it was it was the main players or the main line players that were, that were doing the job here, uh, that were causing the problems there in that regard. Everybody else took care of the basketball. Zeb Jackson, three assists tonight, no turnovers. Jameer Watkins, not exactly 
somebody high on the assist list. He's a scorer. He gets three assists tonight all in the first half. And Jameer Watkins, he's only going to end up with nine points and six turnovers. Jameer Watkins played a whale of a game. He played a whale of a game defensively. And Ryan Thompson, that is exactly it. The difference between Jameer Watkins now and the beginning of the season is that Jameer Watkins is playing so much better controlled. He is not going into the lane kamikaze-like and just and, and getting charged fouls and throwing up wild shots. He only really had one of those kind of bad shots tonight, and it's the only shot he missed from the field. He was three for four from the field. You know, he took two threes, made them both. Gets six fours and three assists. Jameer Watkins, the maturation process, I mean, it is just click for this kid. And I don't think he can win sixth man of the year because he spent had nearly half the darn season starting. But if he plays like this off the bench every night, he's going to have a chance. He he's it, The way he's come along has been so tremendous. He is making the leap. Jameer Watkins, I'm saying it right now, he is making the leap. He may not be an all-league player this year. He will be an all-league player next year. There is no question about it. Absolutely fantastic. Frank Height said it. Teamwork has improved. You are seeing it at both ends of the floor all the time, basically. Because in spite of the 17 turnovers, you know what you also had? You had 16 assists on 25 made baskets for a team that ends up shooting 50%. Which I'll tell you, you know, without the turnovers tonight, this could have been really ugly. This really could have been and probably should have been nearly a 30-point win. And it's against a team, as I said. That's that's our. This is one of our bugaboo games. Mason in Richmond has been a problem for us, and they just swat them aside, no problem. Is it a horribly weak? Jason Hutto says we're reaping the benefits of a horribly weak A10. I think there is some merit to that. I mean, look, I talk about 2019 because it's looking like that. That wasn't the strongest A10 either that year, and VCU rolled through that conference. And I looked, they didn't have a double-digit loss that year in the conference either. They lost by seven at Davidson in a game that, if memory serves, they really weren't too much in. They weren't getting blown out, but they were never in a position where you thought they had a chance to win. And they lost by six at Rhode Island, who at the time was an absolute. They had to voodoo on us all the time, Rhode Island, uh, at that point. And, of course, Rhode Island ends up beating us in the tournament as an eighth seed that year. Uh, So – is it is it it's weak, it's not a good A10. That's clear. It's not gonna be a multi-bid league unless VCU keeps this role going and gets to the conference final. Because here's the difference: they can't lose the first round. If they get the number one seed this year, they cannot lose the quarterfinal like they did the last time. Because that year they had a great non-conference schedule. This year they don't. And yes, and, and it's funny. You know, Bruce Stevenson just brought it up, hashtag around the A-10. Dayton just lost to Rhode Island. I kind of laughed when people would put that picture up of David Shriver and say, David Shriver broke Dayton. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. David Shriver has just broken Dayton. They've lost at Rhode Island tonight, which is a disaster for them. And, of course, you know, I think that puts them now two games behind VCU in the standings, if if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and, of course, VCU's already got a win over them, so they're not going to lose the tiebreaker, at least head-to-head. So that's, you know, that's just, that's just something else altogether. But let's get back to this game. 
I mean, sum it up this way. Ace Baldwin's three for 13 tonight. Took the most shots and was not good. Three for 13. Some of them were unlucky. Some of them he should have that should have went in. But he took a lot of bad shots tonight. The rest of the team is 22 for 37, which, if just to do the quick calculation in my head, is probably about 57, 58% from the field. I don't have my calculator up here, so I can't do it for sure. But the whole team outside of Ace Baldwin, who's supposed to be your best player, hit shooting 22 for 37, that's incredible. And you go to the other side, Josh Aduro's 8 of 11 from the field, 19 points. You know, he the Deloach fouls out of the game guarding him. You know, that's Josh Adura. He's a great player. He's 8 of 11. The rest of them are 12 for 38. 12 for 38? That's not even 33%. Good gracious. I mean, VCU smothered these guys, and that's the other thing. The defense that we've been used to seeing, it looks like it's back. Mason ends up. 40% for the game, 20 of 49. And they had to hit a bunch of threes just to get to six for 19. They were four for eight from three in the second half. So they had to shoot the ball well in the second half just to get what they got, which wasn't much, 31% from the from the three. And again, this just tells you, this easily could have been a 30-point blowout. If VCU hadn't been futzing around with all these turnovers, and if our one of our best players didn't have kind of a meh night, yeah, I mean, this did the VCU could have easily had 80 plus and probably should have. And, and you know, in spite of all that, let's also say this Baldwin had at least two times, maybe three, where he should have got the assist and, it, and the basket wasn't finished. So Baldwin came this close to a triple double. He had nine points, nine rebounds, seven assists. And let's talk about the rebounding because, you know what, when it's good, when it is good, we don't talk about it enough. VCU absolutely smashed George Mason on the backboard tonight. They were killing him early. Mason kind of got it back to something okay. Again, if you're getting out-rebounded by VCU, you're in a lot of trouble, and VCU out-rebounded them by three in the first half. VCU out-rebounded them by eight in the second half, 19 to 11. So that's plus 11 for VCU plus three on the offensive boards, and plus eight on second chance points, and good luck to you if you do that against VCU. It's not going to go well. It is not going to go well. And think of this. The closest the Patriots got tonight in that second half was they got it to 10. Fairly early in the second half. VCU kind of had a blasé start to the second half, which is unusual for them because lately they have been playing great coming out of the locker room, which is a credit to this coaching staff. And if not turning games around, as they did at Dayton and a few other places, extending leads. VCU didn't – it wasn't closer than that. They were a double-digit lead the entire second half. They trailed for all of a grand total of two minutes and 56 seconds tonight. Two minutes and 56 seconds, that's it. All in that first segment of the game when they were spinning their wheels with the three turnovers to start. And that's the other thing. 17 turnovers isn't great, but when you start your first three possessions of the game with turnovers, that doesn't look nearly as bad either. But really, these, these performances, uh, I know I've already praised Zeb Jackson, but he just got to do it again. Zeb Jackson, I think, got all his points in the second half. Uh, no, I'm not wrong. He did have something in the first half, but Zeb Jackson tonight 
playing with control. That's sort of the big buzzword. You know, Ryan Thompson, you mentioned it earlier, playing with great control. You know, a couple of times he got a little he, he got a little bit over his skis a bit, but in general, calming the offense down, getting that ball moving, and it just it's tremendous. And how about that possession near the end of the game? Probably the one time this that I've seen this year where VCU overpassed it. Like Deloach was right at the basket, and I'm thinking you can almost dunk it from there, and he kicks it out to a wide open guy who looks like he's got a three, and I can't tell if that was none, it was either none or Watkins, and skips it all the way over to, to Zeb. And Zeb, instead of taking the three, pump fakes, drives in, slam. What an exclamation point that was. And and Osh, and you know what? Let's go back to the first half, because you know, VCU's kind of starting to pull away, starting to pull away. And then coming out of the timeout at the under four, they get seven points, bam, 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 right away. And all of a sudden, this the, you know, this thing's out completely out of control. And in the, to end the half, and Todd St. Pierre, our admin, said it, didn't give Mason anything. The guy ends up dribbling the ball for 30 seconds and just hurling the shot. That, that hits the top of the backboard, comes nowhere near the the, the, the rim and the, and the half's out. And it was just great defense. And that's the thing. This We've ta- we've talked about it. This team had more firepower. They just had to show it, especially when they didn't turn it over. But the defense that, has, that was missing early in the season, the defense that was top five in the country last year, it's back. It's back. And that is – Absolutely huge. This is a hard team to beat when they play defense like that. This is a very hard team to beat because, you know, look at, again, look at the variety of scoring. You get three guys in double figures. Shriver ends up with 13 kind of out of nowhere because Shriver didn't even take a shot in the first half. He had the three where it was kind of questionable whether he was fouled or not, but they called a foul. He made two out of three. He ended up making four, four free throws in the first half. And then he comes in just to put, just to make sure that it's over, and comes up with some big threes. One of them when Mason was trying to make a push, and had got it down to twelve, and he hits a three, and before you know it, BC's back up by seventeen, and away we go, and away we go. It's wonderful. Thank you, Corey Parrott. You have a good night as well. Shriver ends up the the game high score, and it's like you kind of didn't even notice him. For most of the game, but all of a sudden, bam! There's the three. There's the threes. Uh, so he gets thirteen. Johns gets eleven. And yes, Johns, man, he stuffed the stat sheet tonight. Johns eleven, seven boards, four steals, as Bruce Stevenson points out, and an assist. He has eleven. Jade Nunn has twelve, and Jade Nunn got unlucky on some three pointers. There was a couple threes he he shot that should have went in. But, you know, Jay Nunn with a couple assists, and he gets some rebounds too, gets three rebounds. That's the thing, guards rebounded tonight. Got to love that. But Watkins, nine, and Baldwin, nine. So they weren't that far away from having five guys in double figures yet again. Yet again. So, it's, so look, this is, this is the problem everybody in this conference is going to have and everybody that plays VC for the rest of the season. you you got to try to take Shriver's threes away. The problem is... He's not jacking up shots because he's pressing. He's let the game game come to him. So again, if you're going to do that, he will find the open guy and burn you for it. 
The other thing is, you just can't key on Ace Baldwin. Oh, Ace had it. Oh, oh, if we stop Ace, we stop VCU. Ace is three for 13 tonight, and the Rams win easily because there's that many other guys. Jalen Deloach only gets set to, gets 20 minutes, and he gets seven points. If we could have had Jalen Deloach out of foul trouble tonight, 14, 15 points for him, I have no doubt about it. You got Nunn, you got Johns, you got Watkins, you even got Jackson. Good luck trying to prepare for this team, saying we need to do this or do that. Okay, if, if Ace isn't playing well, we can sit him down and play Jackson. We know that now. If Ace isn't playing well, there's still four or five other guys that can burn you. And look, even on a night like tonight, he's still got seven assists. Still got seven assists and probably should have had two or three more. <laughs> yes, and Jason Hutto, thank you for bringing that up because I would have forgot if you didn't. There was a little bit of a skirmish, which was caused by David Shriver being a little whatever. And David Shriver, you need to quit that stuff during one of the timeouts. And here comes Jalen Deloach off the bench to get involved. Young man, don't ever do that again. If you're sitting on the bench and something happens out on the floor, no one died and made you the Avenger. No one died and said, you have to be Superman. You stay right over there and you do not get involved. We do not need you getting suspended. Not with the game, especially with the games we've got coming up. We do not need that. So he, you're right, Jason Hutto. He has got to cool it. He does have to cool it because he's really playing well. I know he fouled out tonight. People are going to look at that line and say, oh, Oduro got the best of him. There was a couple nickel dimers against Deloach that I had a problem with. But Jalen Deloach is playing well. He's going up against some really good big men lately, and he has answered the call every time. And even if it hasn't shown up in his offensive numbers, it has shown up on defense, which is why VCU was able to come from 14 down at Dayton. That's why they blew UMass out the other night. That's why they blew George Mason out tonight. And we need him out on the floor, and he's got to know that. And the coaches have got to sit him down and say, we cannot have that anymore. Yes, Brooklyn, Baron Grimes. And see, that's the other thing that makes me feel good about this season. Brooklyn is the place where VCU plays well in the tournament. Brooklyn is the place where VCU won the tournament the only time they were in it. And look, so I'm feeling like that's good. I'm, I'm feeling like really good about where we're at right now. But what a, again, the, this has been such a tremendous stretch of basketball. I mean, when you think, you think about how uh, how we were after that Duquesne game, and I know it's it maybe seemed churlish to bring that up, but it really was that really was a that really was a a cold water of reality game, and they have been absolutely magnificent since, except for the first half at Dayton. That's ten halves of basketball where they have thoroughly outplayed their opponents. Beat Davidson like a drum after being 10-0 down. Rolled at Loyola Chicago, who I think actually might was threatening to win back-to-back -back games. I think Duquesne did beat them. Uh, they were threatening to win back-to-back -back games after being 0-6. You know, the, ma the magnificent comeback at Dayton. Smash UMass up one side and down the other and do the same at Richmond. So... Seven and one. And now 
And Ryan Thompson, again, perfect timing. You talk about the next three games, for me it's the next four. The next four games is really what we're talking about here. This is a fork in the road situation because I'll tell you what, if they win the next four, and here is the next four, they have St. Bonaventure at home. You'd like to think that they're going to win that comfortably because St. Bonaventure is a terrible road team this year. They just got walloped at Loyola of Chicago to give the Ramblers their first win. You'd hope, even though St. Bonaventure has been another kind of thorn in our side, that VCU will spike them. Then it's Davidson on the road, bugaboo game for sure, St. Louis on the road. We all know what happened there last year. The less said about that, the better. And then the big gold-out game, Feb Tuesday night, February 7th, Dayton. They win those four games, folks. We are, we are absolutely looking at 16-2. and two. It is absolutely within the realm of possibility when you look at the rest of their schedule, especially because they get a nice break after that game against Dayton. They get eight days off before playing again, and that could not come at a better time, in my opinion. Even if they win the four, they're going to need that break, in my view. That's perfect timing. But if they win these next four, then brother – we are looking at 16-2 and two being realistic. And that would be absolutely magnificent. Because let's be real. This did not look like – this looked like barely a top half of the conference team for most of the season. And, yes, some of that's been Ace's injury. But you can't, you can't look at that and blame that for some of these losses. And you can't look at that and say, well – they had a hard time because it's like people make that excuse. And it's like they had ace when they lost to Jacksonville at home. You know, they had ace when Duquesne, Duquesne walked all over us uh, in, the, in, in the game up there. But they are – this is this – is, this is serious now. They are playing so well. They are no doubt about it playing the best basketball in the A-10 because, again – St. Louis is winning, and they're tied with us in the loss column. And it's absolutely right, Bruce Stevenson. It is massive uh, because they're tied with us in the loss column. But VCU is, is knocking people over left and right. I mean, they're winning convincingly, except for the Dayton game where they were down. They are winning convincingly these games. And that's what you're supposed to do. That is what you're supposed to do, and they're doing that. So, Saturday, 6 p.m., CBS Sports Network, St. Bonaventure, uh, because of uh, my change in employment, I'm at a job where the schedule is not set very far in advance. So I'll be honest with you, I have no idea if I will be joining you as I was able to do today. We can certainly hope so. If not, it'll be I'll, I'll watch it back or as much as I can watch it back, I will do a podcast for uh, Sunday that will come out. Hopefully I'll be with you live. That is the plan. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that, but my goodness, it's just, that, that's the thing when they're playing like this, you can't wait. You can't wait to watch them because they, they're just, they're so dominant and they're playing as such a team on both ends of the floor. And it just shows itself. You, you can't miss it. There are so many different things you can point to and say, yes, that's, that's what a team that's playing together and really, and really, really solid as a core are doing and you see it everywhere and you see the kind of plays that typify it 
and it's so terrific. And this is this is really this is what we were hoping for all season. It's here now, and really, it, this could be 2019 again. It could be that good. They could really pull something like that off. These next four games will tell the tale. It starts with St. Bonaventure on Saturday. Thank you all in the, in the uh, comments in the video tonight. As always, I appreciate it. It adds to the podcast. If you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group and you're listening to this, join us. Game threads during the game, which are a lot of fun, good, bad, or indifferent. We have a good time. We get a little feisty, whatever. Features like around the A-10 where we're looking at our A-10 opponents and keeping a track on them or tales from the non-conference where we keep track of our non-conference opponents. Tomorrow, that is Thursday, and it might be Thursday night, Thursday afternoon, depending on when I get off work. VCU by the numbers. Our bracket position, because we're in both brackets now, both Jerry Palms with CBS and Joe Lenardi's with ESPN. We are in the bracket, so bracket positions are, you know, our Ken Palm numbers, the net, all that stuff. We're going to be looking at, you know, the notes and, and different things, looking at how, how good our how good our team is doing with foul sh- shots. And by the way, we didn't bring that up tonight. VCU's 15 and 19 from the foul line. You, you're not going to you're not going to have a problem with that. You're never going to have a problem with that. So we're going to look at all of that. That's going to be Thursday. Probably Thursday evening is when I'll get to it. Hopefully sooner, depending on when I get off work tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. That's why you got to be part of the VCU Good, the Bad, the Ugly group if you have a chance. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all out in podcast land. Thank you for the support as always. And until next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.